This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. It is Jets fans' worst nightmare. A-Rod officially out for the season. So can gangrene regroup to save the year? Plus, the spree of violence across America that is plaguing our youth. What's the culture around these brutal events, and how do fatherless homes play a role in America's crime crisis? We have got a lot to get into. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello. Good morning, everybody. Welcome into Outkick the Morning. I am your host, Charlie Arnold, and joining me today, former NFL safety Jack Brewer is in studio. How's it going? Man, this is some cool, some cool nice digs. digs, right? Oh, man, it's like cozy. I feel like I'm at home. Well, well, good. We, we want to make you feel right at home. Uh, but unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers, as far as his home is concerned, a little bit up in the air right now because, guys, obviously it's a very tough pill to swallow in the first drive of the game. Aaron Rodgers went down with a season-ending injury, and now Rodgers' former teammates are throwing shade at the NFL. Hammering MetLife's artificial turf for Rogers' ruptured Achilles and calling for a grass replacement. David Bakhtieri tweeted out this, quote, congrats, NFL. How many more players have to get hurt on artificial turf? You care more about soccer players than us. You plan to remove all artificial turf for the World Cup coming up, so clearly it's feasible. I'm sick of this. Do better. Okay, so talking about artificial turf versus real grass, I mean, you've played on fields before. Is is there an actual difference, like in terms of what you're able to do in the safety? Big time. First off, I had nine surgeries. I had six surgeries my last three seasons in the National Football League. So um, injuries are real. And when you talk about playing on turf versus grass, it's clear. I mean, no one can argue that you know turf is more safe than grass. Uh, I think you see that. You know, just like they mentioned, you know, soccer. Well, we got Lionel Messi, the greatest soccer player ever living and playing in the United States of America now. And he doesn't want to play on turf. He wants to play on grass. And there's a reason for that. Uh, it's justified as much money as these guys are making, uh, as much investment as these teams are putting in. You know, go all the way in and, and put it into the health and safety of these guys. Just like the Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals are in the middle of a desert. They pull out their grass, rolls out. The turf rolls out of the stadium. They treat the grass and roll it back in because they care about their players, and every other team should do the same thing. So my question, though, is is I, I understand there is, you know, like you, like you mentioned, there there is a difference. But to blame the fact that it's artificial turf on Aaron Rodgers' injury, when we already knew he had a calf injury, when he's 39 years old, can you really make such a strong connection to say that was the reason that he was injured? You can't say it's the reason, but I think it it, it could have played a role. Uh, and so he, you know, he definitely played in the majority of his career on grass. And so for a player to then come in every day at, to your point, 38, 39, 40 years old, to play on a turf that's that hard, 
that's not natural, uh, you are going to be more prone to injuries. I mean, it's just, I mean, that's science. I think if you did a study and, and you start dropping things on turf versus grass, which one's going to hurt more? Absolutely. Okay, well, so, so the reason not quite known, right, for his injury, but Listen, it didn't take much time for scumbag Keith Olbermann to chime in using Rogers' injury for his own political gain, mocking his vaccination status as the reason for tearing his Achilles, tweeting, quote, another sudden Liz Frank due to failure to vaccinate. I mean, okay, so we don't know for sure that the turf was the reason, but we do know for sure that it definitely was not the fact that he was unvaccinated. I mean, that is just the most outrageous connection to make it makes total sense for a guy that probably never got picked uh on the pickup games as a kid i mean as, as keith overman even touched the field i mean this guy is absolutely ridiculous to to bring in you know someone's personal choice on vaccination uh and, and talk about liz frank i don't even think he knows what liz frank is uh, i didn't <laughs> even know what liz frank was until like three minutes ago when you told me i've never heard that term before but I, yeah, come on it's yeah it's a, a foot. it's a common foot injury but he assumed that that's what it was because you saw aaron Rodgers limping uh which is i mean it's idiocy it, it is very idiocy uh something else that i can't quite wrap my head around uh is a certain quarterback who now wants to make his way back into the league after being out for seven years. Uh, listen to this. According to NFL insider Jordan Schultz, Colin Kaepernick, again, hasn't seen a snap in seven years. He has now reached out to the Jets to make his desire known that he wants to make his return to the NFL because there is, well, apparently, an empty roster spot now on the Jets team. But come on. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, listen, we've been through this time and time again. He had his opportunity to possibly make a comeback. I mean, this is the Jets we're talking about. This position, once it's filled, going to be talked about by absolutely everybody. I don't see any chance of this happening. No, you had Aaron Rodgers run out on 9-11 with a flag, which was one of the most coolest moments I've seen uh, in pro sports. And now you got Colin Kaepernick that wants to come replace him. I don't think so. I mean, how long can this guy continue to insert himself uh, into the conversation? Uh, I mean, at some point, when is it going to be like known, like Colin Kaepernick, you're done playing football. Uh, no organization wants your mess to come into their, their locker room, um, your divisiveness to a nation that loves the game of football. But we love we love the flag uh, and, and we love this country and those that serve it. And so I just think it's ridiculous. Well, and, uh, not, to, and not to mention uh, he hasn't played seven years. I mean, <laughs> that, that alone. Listen, forget your politics. Yeah. The, the, you. You, you, you're, you're washed. You're 100% washed, particularly at this point. I mean, if he was, you know, an old lineman or, or, or maybe playing a different position that could come fill in for a series, it'd be different. But playing quarterback, I don't think so. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see who they actually do end up bringing him. And, and, I mean, there's not so many guys, I think, that would be talented enough that are available in free agency. I mean, a trade might be possible. Uh, the, the two guys that I've kind of... I guess, centered in on uh, Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. He could be an option in, in my eyes. Uh, or Gardner Minshew, who right now is, you know, one of the backups for the Colts. And obviously they're going full on with Anthony Richardson. But uh, there's not so many good options. And, and we know Tom Brady's not coming back to the NFL, unfortunately, because wouldn't that be the story? If Tom Brady was like, hey, guys, surprise, I'm back. But no way. Don't cut that out the conversation. You never know with Tom. You, you never know, but I, come on, he's living his best life. Yeah, he's dating definitely. a model right now. He's gallivanting around. He's like going full into his clothing line. I, I, I think TB12 
probably not going to uh, be donning the green anytime soon. He would spike his sales, though. This is the city to be in if you got a brand. Absolutely. Uh, but let's talk more about the Jets because they do have a bright spot despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is now out because making his return to gang green, Brees Hall, he came up big on Monday night, putting up stellar numbers in week one, finishing with 10 carries for 127 yards, one reception for 20 yards. And uh, it's exciting. Uh, you know, comeback player of the year, perhaps. I mean, he's, he looks amazing. It was it was incredible to watch, you know, um, and that's a position that's obviously it's not easy to, to, to play. You got to grind to come back. And uh, he, he looked like he was in such great shape, like he kept getting stronger and stronger as the game went on uh, all the way into the fourth quarter. And that just shows you that's a guy that put everything he had into his comeback and into the offseason, man. And, and I applaud that. Yeah, and it's it's going to be really interesting because now with Rodgers out, obviously the backfield is going to be getting a lot more opportunities, a lot more touches. Uh, there's going to be a lot more reliance on them. So Brees Hall, more than ever, a very important player on this team. No doubt. And, it, you know, it's going to obviously help opposing defenses in the way that they scout. But, you know, this is the NFL. And so your backups have to come up and, and make plays. And I think, you know, the good thing about the Jets is they got receivers that can stretch the field. Uh, and so uh, I, I think they'll be okay. Okay, well, uh, Jack, I want to get into something that you've been talking a lot about lately, uh, something that's affecting states, schools across the nation. Uh, there's been a spree of violence at youth football games, including gun violence. Uh, this is really interesting because oftentimes when you hear about violence, you know, to the severity like this, you don't think about it happening at high school football games. Uh, What's going on here? What do you attribute this to? It's really a joke, to be honest with you. I mean, when you think about, you know, last week, there were three shootings at high school football games in one week in the United States of America. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I was on another news station, Fox and Friends, before, and I mentioned I went to a youth football game about three and a half, four weeks ago now. I went there. I could smell weed smoke. The music that they were playing, I, you would have thought you were at a rap concert. And I was there watching one of my eight-year-olds that are in my program, an eight-year-old football game, and they're smoking weed. And the worst thing about all of this is the reason for the violence usually is because of gambling. These guys are gambling $15,000, on little kids' football games. And so uh, imagine, now you have drugs, you have gambling, you have all this crazy music and language around the kids. I mean... What are you going to produce out of that? So it's interesting because obviously you talk about people putting money like this on games. I mean, these aren't students. These aren't parents. Uh, who are these people that are putting all this money down? And, and how are they so confident that by putting this much money down, they're going to see a good return? I mean, there's there's something very strange going on here. Very strange. I mean, it's just usually, you know, you like your neighborhood, you know, drug drug guy, dope dealer. Uh, and that culture, and the sad thing is, is these are the guys that are coaching. These are the guys influencing the kids, and half the kids don't even have dads in their home. Uh, and then the ones that do have dads that want to pour this demonic, like dark culture into their children. And this, and it's the reason why you see what's going on in many of our our areas. And you can see the culture changing in sports and in, and in football, particularly, particularly at the young level. Uh, and and I've always said, don't American culture 
and whatever your culture is in your community doesn't need to blend into sports. Sports needs to have uh, to be, you know, that place where people can get discipline and respect and honor the game and not honor what you feel. And so uh, I, I think that's a big issue. And you're seeing it. I mean, obviously, three shootings in one week in the U.S. I mean, and you don't even hear about it. Yeah. And also, it definitely has to be affecting the game because there's no way that people are going to put down $20,000 on a game and to think that they could lose. So I'm sure that they're having conversations with the coaches ahead of time, like, hey, make sure this happens because I have a lot of money on the game. And obviously, these are very scary guys that are making these bets. So I, that makes the situation even stickier. Yeah, imagine the kid, right? Imagine being a kid that fumbles or drops a, drops a pass, you know, and, you oh, know, your, your, your neighborhood crew has 10 grand on your game. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah. That's, at eight? Uh, <laughs> yeah, at, exactly. At eight years old, I don't want that kind of pressure uh, on me. I know that. Uh, nor would you want that kind of pressure on your children, I'm sure. Of course. Um, okay, well, now let's get, you know, this the next guy we're about to talk to. He's not eight years old. Uh, yeah. He's a lot of experience, and I don't believe, well, at least it's not known that there are drug dealers putting bets on his games. So, uh, they're, they're actually, they're probably... Well, if they, if they do that, go, go ahead. Doing, but, but it's not affecting this guy directly. Uh, so now we move on to one of these shining stars at week one, pulling off a big upset against the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Of course, I'm talking about the Detroit Lions. The question is, can they keep up the momentum? So joining us now, Detroit Lions fullback, Jason Kabinda. Yeah, I, hey, Jason, man, you know, we have a lot in common. Um, I see you, you know, you played on the defensive side of the ball. Now you're playing on the offensive side of the ball uh, in college, and now you, you're playing on the offensive side of the ball in the National Football League. I did the same thing, uh, the opposite way. Uh, but I see how, how effective you've been, man, on special teams. And, you know, that tells a lot about a man's character, um, how you approach uh, the game, not in the, the two phases that everyone talks about, but in that third phase in special teams. So, man, I would love to hear kind of what, what, what motivates you and what pushes you um, to, to be able to go in and how important is that uh, to your game? I think to me it's, it's really just about making the most out of your opportunities. Um, you know, knowing that you come from the, a similar background and me in terms of, you know, switching sides of the ball and stuff like that. Um, you know, I love this game. You know, I love this game. I love having a role. I love going out there and competing. So I think for me, you know, moving over to offense and obviously playing special teams, to me, it's just being able to capitalize on an opportunity. You know, doing absolutely whatever is in my power to help my team win in whichever way that may be, whether that means playing fullback, a little running back, some tight end, you know, whatever it is. Uh, obviously, special teams and, you know, going out there and making big blocks for our returners and stuff like that um, is huge to me. Uh, I think you know, from a motivation factor, I think, you know, when I first came to Detroit, it reminded me a lot about Penn State um, and just coming out of that dark time that we were in at Penn State and getting out of the sanctions and all those things and kind of bringing our team back to a national prominence. And I think now that I've, I've been here for five years, you know, being able to see all of this come through full circle and being in the position that we're in now, I think that's super motivating because the first few years were, were hard, you know. You know, we, we lost a lot of games. Mm. A lot of them were really close games. And I think to us now, having the identity that we have and the playmakers that we have and seeing, you know, our coach that we now have and the chemistry and everything that we got going on, I mean, the culture is just right. The mojo is right. Um, I, I'm just super excited for this season and, and what we're capable of doing. Okay, so Jason, 
not trying to rain on any parades here, but I am curious. Uh, you, you beat the Chiefs, which, again, huge accomplishment, but we, we can't neglect to mention that Travis Kelsey wasn't playing, Chris Jones wasn't play, playing, two of their most powerful weapons. How do you think the outcome of the game would have been affected had those two been on the field for Kansas City? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> Um, you know, we, we have we have our, our first round receiver, Jamison Williams, who's, you know, obviously not playing right now uh, either, you know, our first six games. So, I mean, this is football. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about the next man up. You know, there's injuries. There's going to be guys that are out every single game. That's just kind of just how this machine works. So, you know, it's really just about how well can your team adapt, how well can, you know, and that's a, um, the importance of having depth on your team and things like that because, at the end of the day, there's going to be games where guys are going to be out, and there's going to be games where guys have to step up. That's why we have practice squads. That's why we have the practice squad elevations that we have to fill in for holes you know, on either offense, defense, or special teams for guys to come in and, and make plays as well. So, uh, Well, speaking of, you know, working, you know, your, your machines, you talk about, you know, being a machine on the team. Uh, you are a well-oiled machine. Uh, I'm looking at your stats right here. Uh, you can bench... 400 pounds, squat 550 pounds, and deadlift over 600 pounds. But you also, Jason, I don't want to take this away from you. You also do yoga. So you are a very <laughs> yeah. versatile man. You got uh, to do Talk to me about your workouts. Yeah, talk to me about your workouts. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, talk to me about your workouts and like how you really try to switch things up and how it affects your body. I think to me, especially, you know, at this point in my career, six years in, uh, you know, I have a really solid base of strength. Um, I don't necessarily lose, you know, during the offseason. I think at this point, it's really about fine tuning. You know, it's about making sure that my body is always feeling good. It's about making sure my muscles are firing right. You know, that's the reason why I have the yoga and the Pilates in my routine. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> this is really immature the way I was thinking. But at the time, I used to think Pilates was like more of a workout for girls. You know, I never really thought men did Pilates until I went into my first Pilates uh, class and absolutely got my butt kicked. And I was like, OK, wow, this this Pilates thing is actually really serious. Um, and I, I think adding those <laughs> adding those things into my routine um, have really helped um, to prolong my body and to help with injury prevention and to help continue to have, you know, my muscles and uh, all my tissues firing right and doing what they're supposed to do. Because obviously, you know, we all know that this game, it's not a forever game. You know, the NFL stands for not for long. So whatever you can possibly do in your routine to keep your body going and keep your body in its best shape. And like I said, prevent injuries, do all of those things is really, you know, super important, but you now I'm in the gym about six days a week, you know, I really just have one off day. And even on my off day is really my heavy yoga Pilates kind of just treatment and taking care of my body type of day. But, you know, I, I, I trained down in Fort Lauderdale and that heat. And I think that really helps also to kind of get my body nice and chiseled and, and, you know, ready to go and, prepared for any type of weather. So uh, that's really what it's all about. Uh, I've always been a, a super hardworking guy. That's always been my mantra. And I think part of that is just knowing myself. You know, I was never a five-star recruit with, you know, crazy attributes, just, you know, all, all those kinds of things. You know, to me, my 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 calling card has always been the way I work, um, you know, and trying to outwork other guys and being the best, you know, possible self I can be and, and doing the right things every single day, eating right, you know, nutrition, all those kinds of things. So that's that's kind of my routine. That's kind of who I am. Uh, 
nutrition. I'm very interested. Uh, there's so many different diets out there. Some people are completely meat-based. Uh, I like to put myself into that category uh, for the most part. Although right now, what? <laughs> completely, does yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, I like to only eat meat. Uh, right now I'm on a salad kick because I, I have a, a little project coming up which we'll reveal at a later date. Um, do you have any crazy diets that you follow um, or anything that you will not touch? Um, because there's so many different tactics out there. I'm just interested if like you have any weird little you know, things that you're into? Um, I wouldn't say anything weird. I'm a huge fruit guy. Like, uh, I live in, like I said, in the off-season I live in Fort Lauderdale, I absolutely love acai bowls. I have, like, an obsession with acai bowls. I probably eat them, like, once every single day right after my workouts. It's a little recovery deal for me. But I think the biggest thing when it comes to nutrition, especially for me, is really just about eating clean. Um, you know, staying away from the fried foods, staying away from the BS. Um, you know, obviously you can have a cheat day here and there. I think it's still important to, you know, satisfy yourself from a happiness level when it comes to nutrition. But um, I feel like as long as you're eating clean, the how much or the quantity of your eating becomes more and more irrelevant. Um, you know, obviously I have like a weight range that I like to stay in. So, I'm, I'm you know, every single week I'm always weighing myself in and making sure I'm kind of staying in that range because I like to – train at the same weight that I'm going to be playing at during the season. I think that's very important. So um, to me, it's about eating clean, you know, clean, uh, clean grilled chicken and rice. I love those like bowls, like OE bowls where you can make, you know, put a bunch of like proteins and vegetables in and stuff like that. You know, I, I probably eat one of those once a day as well, you know, during the, um, during the off season, I'm a huge, huge breakfast guy. I can eat eggs and bacon probably for days. Um, <laughs> throw Same. in some French toast, throw in some French toast and waffles in there when I can. But uh, oh, stop! <laughs> it's it's really just stop. It's really just about eating clean. You know, that's that's what it's about. Oh, that sounds incredible. I it must feel be like, nice. Yeah, I I really like. I can't wait until Saturday because again, I I can't talk about yet what I'm doing on Friday. But once Saturday hits, I'm eating French toast. Actually, Friday evening, I'm going to eat French toast, I'm going to eat bacon, I'm going to have waffles, pancakes, I'm going to have yolks with my eggs. I've just been breakfast eating egg whites dinner, this week. I, it's, I love it. Oh, it's breakfast for dinner all day. And then, like, some steak. We'll throw in some steak in there, too, because, of course, like I just said, meat. Y'all are making oh, me yeah. just realize oh, yeah. how lucky I am to be <laughs> retired, Jason. That's the way. So I'm a retired NFL player now, so I can eat whatever I want, when I want. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, Jason, is 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 there any is there any real expectation that you have put on yourself for this season or that Dan Campbell has put on the Lions for this season you know you always hear teams early on talking about oh it's Super Bowl or bust you know I, I know that that maybe uh maybe I don't know I don't want to put any limits on the Lions uh but is, is that something that the team's even talking about right now are you putting that or man, are you manifesting that right now yeah, I mean, when you look at all the media outlets, I mean, we've probably had the most hype around a team for any non-playoff team the year prior. Um, that's probably ever happened. Um, so I think for us, it, it's about making the playoffs. You know, we want to get in. You know, that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, if we can get in and have a home playoff game, that would be absolutely sweet. Um, so that, that's the number one thing is winning the NFC North NFC North, and, and getting into the playoffs. You know, get in the dance, and then we're going to see what we can do from there. Um, but that's our expectation for ourselves. You know, we know we really feel like we have a playoff team. You know, we have some great players. We have a great leader on offense and Jared Goff. You know, great leaders really all around the board. And, you know, Dan Campbell really motivates us, man. He's a, the epitome of what this team, you know, stands for, being gritty, being hardworking, you know, um, 
you know, just grinding it out. You know, like he always says, you know, we're going to be the last one standing. You know, that's how we look at ourselves. You know, whatever we have to go through, however long we have to go through it, we're going to stand in there longer than anybody else has to. And we're going to have the most endurance. We're going to be the most, you know, <clears throat> well-conditioned team. You know, all those kinds of things um, is kind of our brand, you know, being a physical, smart football team and, and being able to go play in and play out and absolutely just dish it out every single play. Um, you know, that's our mantra. That's who we are. Love it. Uh, well, you're already off to a fantastic start. Now, Jason, it's on to the Seahawks. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, and best of luck to you and the rest of the team uh, the whole way through. Thank you so much. Y'all have a great day. Appreciate you guys having me on. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You as well. Good luck, Jason. Uh, okay, moving on. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announcing Tuesday Republicans have uncovered serious and credible allegations into Biden's past that will serve as the foundation for an impeachment inquiry. Finally, uh, so the question remains, will McCarthy's impeachment probe into President Biden gain any traction with the legacy media? Uh, we'll see about that. Or will they continue to focus on the indictment still looming over former President Trump's head? Uh, I'm inclined to say the latter no because that's what they've been doing this entire time. And we've already had evidence for months now that the Bidens are a crooked family. And yet here we are. Here we are. I mean, even before the election, you, I mean, you think about how long this information has been out. I mean, you literally have a laptop that the entire world refused to open. <laughs> yeah. and with all this information that's in it. Well, it's, they couldn't it, open it because the FBI was holding it hostage. Holding it hostage, yeah. yeah. And so to think about this, I mean, this is stuff that happens in you know communist countries. And so um, it, it really is sad, though, when you see it, because um, you know that this is just setting a new precedent. So where, where do we have to go from here now if, if, if this is really going to be the reality? Um, and no matter what President Trump did, I mean, that's, that, that should be uh, irrelevant uh, from the conversation when it comes to the current sitting president and her son uh, and family taking on this much money and they've never had a business. So we all know it. We see it. Uh, I think our only hope, uh, Charlie, is to have news outlets like this uh, that, that cross over and that are willing uh, to talk about mm -hmm. this stuff because the American people just don't know. I mean, you go to neighborhoods. I go to communities, neighborhoods all the time. Uh, and, and the message is not getting out uh, across the board. And that's what's scary. Well, you heard him. News outlets like this. You like guys this. You're already watching this show every morning because this is the only one that matters. I'm just kidding. But you should <laughs> still be watching every morning. Uh, but also important to, to be getting influencers uh, who have a lot of pull on the younger generation talking about stuff like this. And Jake Paul, as we know, super famous. Uh, he believes America is failing. Obviously, uh, I think that's apparent and implores his followers to vote in the 2024 election, saying we need someone great. Uh, I don't find the word great to be a coincidence in what he's saying. Uh, but I'm going to ask you, do you think this is a low key push to implore the younger generation, Gen Z, to vote for President Trump? One hundred percent. That was Jake Paul just said Trump 24. That's what he just said. And, and it was clear. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a fighter. 
right? Mm-hmm. Fighters love Trump, period. You know, yeah. most sane athletes <laughs> love Trump. Uh, but, you know, this is needed. Like, to your point, we need people, influencers like Jake and others to keep it real, to pay attention. You know, 10 years ago, you know, you could be an athlete or an entertainer and not pay attention to politics. But now it's affecting you, man, right there in your face. It's affecting the sport that you participate in. It's affecting your followers and supporters, your own families. We see all this nonsense that is happening. Uh, And so good for you, Jake. Good job. I I, I can stand behind that. If he wants to encourage encourage that, I will uh, I will become a new Jake Paul fan, right? <laughs> I, I'm already a fan, but I feel like even more so if he could use his platform to really help right. the country and, and and do something really special um, in this next election because we we he just said it America is failing and we definitely need some help. We need some help, and Jake, you can do it, brother. You got a lot of power. Uh, well, I'm I'm here to thank you for your help. This has been fantastic. <laughs> I'm always here for you. I'll always here for you. I don't get to New York very often, but if I do, I'm going to start stopping in and seeing my I, girl I Charlie. I so. Uh, because, like, re- remember, everyone, this is this is it. This is the news outlet you got to keep your eyes on. Uh, but on that note, everyone, thank you so very much. Thanks for being here with us today. Uh, do me a favor before you go. Hit that subscribe button. I don't want you to miss any other shows. I also would love if you would hit the like button. Also, leave a comment. Maybe something you liked about today's show, a topic that you want to see covered on the show at a later date. I'm always looking for your feedback. And of course, you know where to find me. You can find me on all the socials at Charlie on TV. So for me, for Jack, from everybody here, thank you so much for being here. And I will see all of you bright and early tomorrow.